You are listening to Lame. Yeah. The Lexington Aluminum Marxist Experience. All right. Okay. I'm Aaron. And I'm Jenry. It's the 19th of October, 2021. Uh, it's, it, it was tree week. It was. Now it's not. It is. That is true. This is a relic from last week's attempt at the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, it was fun. Tree week was a good time. Yeah, we'll get it. We'll talk a little bit more about Tree Week in this episode. We, how do you start an ep- a lame episode? You say, um, well, you can follow us on Twitter at lamepod. You can email us at lexlamepod at gmail dot com. All right. Send us your comments, questions, concerns, requests, death threats, anything else you want us to talk about there. If you want a sticker, we have stickers. Lexlamepod at gmail dot com. Coming soon. Lame buttons. Oh, from, really? By Claire Thompson from clairethompsonart dot com. Wow. Um. All right. Uh, this is um a a news podcast, a a commentary on the news podcast, a podcast, the, the by two distinguished young Marxist Leninists, um, principled who, young principled Marxist young Marxist Leninists <laughs> that are here to tell you what to think how to feel, how to act, blah, 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 blah. Um, they're, they're, uh, In Lexington, Kentucky, specifically. Yeah, we, we, we talk about the city that we live in, Lexington, Kentucky. Um, and long-time listeners of the show, um, or if you just generally live in North Lexington, might be aware that the Legacy Trail which was uh, one of our big prestige projects that we've been working on for quite some time. Um, part of the trail was quite literally um, uh, blown up by literally Amazon. So, Aaron, or do we have any updates on the trail? Yes. Um, <clears throat> literally right before the recording of this podcast, mm-hmm. um, I, I was on the Legacy Trail, boots on the ground. Don't call us not journalists. Tires on the ground. Mm-hmm. I was at the scene. I was investigating what the heck was going on and all the results of this uh, turmoil that we have been experiencing for the past, uh, like, three months, Mm. I think it's been. Um, And so, uh, the Legacy Trail, it's open. It's finally open, if you haven't heard. They actually, you can actually ride on it all the way through. You don't have to go on Newtown Pike or anything. They have a new... Um, overpass bridge. Holy shit. Yeah. That, so when they were describing this bridge, I was imagining that the trail would be on the overpass and then yeah. the, and then we, the bikes would be going over the trucks, but the yeah. trucks are going to be going over the bikes. This is on well, this bridge. I'm glad that they uh, had a quick turnaround because when mm-hmm. it first happened, um, it was sort of slated. Uh, it was not good. Yeah, and so they just got a whole bunch of like yellow or orange uh, caution fencing. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, it it's open. That's crazy. Well, so it's like fully out of the. Well, yeah. Sorry. This is great. Um, and let me and let me say this. You know, I was on the I was on the Legacy Trail today. Uh-huh. Bitches just be on the Legacy Trail today. Wow. Literally everyone was on there. There's so many people. Hannah agree skipping a skipping a city council meeting out on the Legacy Trail. Well, I saw uh, Hannah agree biking the other day around the north side. Yeah, I'm kidding. Of course, Hannah agree was at a, was it was in deep in city council today. I was yeah, watching yeah, yeah. some of the meeting, but uh, um, 
that's the Madden Legacy Trail update. It's back. To, well, it's kind of back to normal, I guess. I don't know. There's a you it's, can use it. Yeah, it's, they have it, flags, but the flags have been there. There's new flags, but they're new from August. They okay, just haven't talked about them yet. Yeah, but they're cool. All right, great. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, um, uh, we got to talk about football, and I'm not talking about the kind of football that turns you into a violent idiot domestic abuser, right? That's America's special breed. I'm talking about football. Um, I'm talking about the, uh, the the great the great game that everyone in the world but us is really interested in playing. But this changes today, folks, because the uh, United Soccer League is coming to Lexington, and they're 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 making a a Lexington professional soccer team to compete in USL League One. Which, if you were to sort of stretch out that acronym, right? What you know. Uh, we have a so- pro soccer team in the United Soccer League, League One. Um, so real, real smart thinking, guys. Which, soccer, of course, is uh, short for I think it's Association Football. So soccer association. So what? Yeah. What? Wait, what? Yeah. It's, what is what is soccer? Soccer is short for association. No fucking way. Yes. What? Look it up. This is stupid. What a stupid... Don't make me look dumb on my podcast. That's actually insane. Okay, anyway. So this Cameron Drummond, this sports um, contributor, uh, wrote up this article, but it seems to be... I don't know if he was having feeling creative or if it was a weird press release that he was writing up because it was just a series of questions, like in bold, and then answers provided below by Cameron or the press release, blah, blah, or whatever. Um, I'm also tired. Forgive me. Um, so, geez. So in 2023, (laughs) they will begin playing. Um, and it is, uh, it is part of this, um, expansion project for USL, which is targeting quote, us communities ranging, ranging in population from 150,000 to 1 million. Um, League One has been focused on launching new clubs in markets that possess strong local ownership groups, populations with broad-based diversity, a vibrant millennial and strong family base, and established corporate support in stadiums to properly showcase the sport for fans, partners, and the public. This reminds me of that episode of Citations Needed when they're talking about the... uh most livable cities. This reminds me of every episode of Citations Needed ever made, Aaron. This is there are, the amount of scare quotes in like that I could put into this one like quotation is okay, right? Like uh, and it's like full of um also sort of little uh like you know, land of contrast type shit like a vibrant millennial uh but also a strong family base. Like um uh, broad-based diversity uh, and then of course you got the classic the real you know you know underline this one strong corporate support right they won't do it if you don't give them a bunch of money to do it right they couldn't they couldn't possibly take this this venture of being a company that licensed sports games they couldn't possibly take on that risk of building it in their thing going bad they need the government to do it for them right um, which, and of course, this is my favorite part, properly showcases sport for fans, right? Okay. Partners, well, who's that, right? Business partners, and then 
the public, which Wait, is... hold on. What's the difference between the fans and the public? This is what I'm saying, right? Um, there is, let me say this, uh, there's a lot of mm, ideology going on in this sentence. Uh, <laughs> this, uh, so the expansion, it's, it's, it is part of, it is this one franchise of it, right? So it is majority owned by Tower Hill Sports. The founder of Tower Hill Sports is William J. Shively, who also owns the historic Dixiana Thoroughbred Horse Farm. So that's right, ladies and gentlemen. You thought you might get something that wasn't stupid horse money funded. Everything in this town, stupid horse money funded. Um, let's see. Vince Gabbard is the president of Lexington Pro Soccer. Gabbard has served on the Board of Commerce Lexington in the Bluegrass Sports Commission, two very normal organizations. Gabbard, who is currently Keeneland's vice president um, of strategic initiative and legislative affairs, huge scare quotes around that one, um, will continue his work with Keeneland alongside his role at Lexington Pro Soccer. Gabbard told the Herald Leader, quote, a private investment group is supporting Lexington Pro Soccer. Um, so this is what's very, this is what's very curious. Quote, so everything there in order to take care of the team and do all the things we're doing, there's no public support that's being required or any of that kind of stuff. That it's kind all of stuff. local private investment. On an honest to God, local private investment. So when they say a locally owned football team they're not speaking about a like a classic like england like like european like football club that is cooperatively like owned by like the people or whatever it is just that the private equity that owns the team is based out of the central kentucky region and not like qatar right um not that there's really any due difference between the central kentucky region and qatar both horse freaks live there and frequently fly between the two places for reasons this podcast simply can't fathom or understand why it's a mystery folks um we may never know yeah so according to gabbert discussions are ongoing with the university of kentucky to franchise use of their soccer complex on uk campus for usl league one matches when the clubs opens in spring 2023 great this is good. Already built. No problem, right? The comp uh, long term, Gabbard said, a full development plan will be submitted in that Lexington Pro Soccer will be responding to the request proposal for the High Street Development Project. Ding, 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 ding. Um, with the intent to construct a soccer-specific stadium on site that could hold, also hold concerts and other events. Now, <sighs> folks, you know what the High Street Development Project is, right? You listen to this podcast. Imagine a, um, if you don't, you know that giant wasteland of parking lot between um, High Street and uh, Maxwell, uh, just right in front of um, Rep Arena? Uh, people want to build things there, right? Um, and I'm like, yes, we should build something there. Um, but if you said, great, a soccer field with, thing with with that can also do other events right next to rep arena like i don't i what's the <sighs> what if we what if we um tore down uh center point and then we just made it a pit again and then you could play soccer on there that's good you could arena. play in the soccer pit there's pits in soccer right yeah they, that's that's yeah 
the end zone. Um, Canadian, cool. of course, football is a noble sport. Um, uh, I, of course, my my suggestion, right, is one either use the UK Stalker Stadium that exists already, or or take Commonwealth Stadium and convert it into a um, real a, 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 a soccer stadium. Just 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 tear it down. We should, as a city, the the city of Lexington, the Lexington Fayette Urban County government should ban American football from being played in any institution. Um, as a immediate safety help, out of an abundance of caution, we should be banning um, all American football, and you simply replace it with the rest of the world's national pastime, soccer. Alternatively, I'm willing to consider baseball. I watched yeah. a baseball game the other day. People seem to have, be having fun with that. I love how their jerseys are buttoned up. I think it's very cute. They run around. They get yeah. the plates. They get They're the great. Organ. They hit the ball. The, organ. the organs. But there's a lot of ritual wrapped up in uh, baseball. And um, I really think we should maybe build back better baseball. Um, or I'll, I mean, I mean, football is pretty good. Whatever. Anything but American football is what I'm saying here. Um, so the pr- proposals for the uh, high street development project is due December 10th of this year. So we'll see. Um, uh is it like is it like super loud this um I mean it's not horrible it just feels really loud in my headphones let it's, us know in the comments yeah 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 the comments section which is a real thing that exists for this podcast yeah and then well let us know in the in the yeah. in the chat oh it's a fucked up maybe it's a fucked up little like lo-fi beats but it's like avant-garde yeah. And then people will be like, mm, Jenry's actually the smartest podcaster I've ever heard of. So anyway. Exactly. Um, so there, uh, Lexington Pro Soccer is launching a survey to hear from the community members about what they would want to see in a new stadium, right? Um, I would vote for it to not exist, um, personally. Yeah, that's a good yeah. a good one. When, oh, okay, now here's, the, uh, now here's the thing on the other side, right? When speaking to reporters after Tuesday Tuesday's announcement, Shively said that he has contracts for land near I-75 in Lexington that would serve as a backup stadium option if the downtown stadium doesn't get built. So He's at the um, nuclear option here. Yeah, the nuclear option is building something that you can only get to by the fucking interstate, man. Holy shit. Um Shively also said if there is, quote, no funding from the city in any of the plans for a new stadium. Added that the target size of the venue will be a cap- capacity between 6,000 and 10,000 people. Lexington Pro Soccer is also exploring different site locations in Fayette County to be developed into training facilities and to serve as home base for the Pro Soccer's academy program. That's right. More soccer lessons for your kids, I guess. I don't know. Shively said the land near I-75 could be also where the Lexington Soccer builds its training facilities with designs for as many 15 soccer fields on the land. Um, Gabbard says that the construction of training facilities would also be funded by private investment. Why I, Why does he keep bringing it up? They're really into this private investment. Okay, look up the citations needed episode. All right, I'm like a professor. Okay, everyone, open your citations needed textbooks to the to the taxpayer money episode um, is really what it feels like. Uh, anyway, 
Um, he said that the target is to have the training facilities and blah, 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 by the end of summer 2022, right? So, folks, in the heat of election season, we will be there to um, – we will be reporting to be live from a soccer match maybe. Um, this I, is lame, live from the soccer match. I'd probably go see it. I mean, I wouldn't give it a – I yeah. mean, look, I can never officially endorse an event. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, I'll, I mean, I might – I might look at it anyway. This is like uh, this is like what uh, literally what FC Cincinnati did. Um, yeah. Any, any of you Cincinnati heads out there? Mm-hmm. Um, any any macho trap house? Any fans. macho trap house listeners? You'll know. Um, FC Cincinnati, of course, the football club in Cincinnati. They for the longest time they were out of UC's football stadium or their soccer stadium, um, and they just played there for a while until they constructed a new stadium in the middle of uh i think it was like the west side um and uh to do that they tore down a bunch of historic homes they yeah. vacated a lot of people baller evic- shit evicted a lot of people winter shit um, yeah to build a stadium so uh getting a lot of a lot of fc cincinnati vibes here yeah well it th- this is where the scam starts to kick on a little mm-hmm. bit right so here's one of the questions. Will Lecton and Pro Soccer ever play competitive matches against MLS team? I'm assuming this means Major League Soccer. Yeah. Not Marxist, Leninist, Stalinist. No. Um, so will, will they ever be able to play against, uh, I don't know, like Louisville? While or, the team uh, is located Cincinnati. in the. Th- okay. While the third, while the team is located in the third tier of American soccer, Lexington Pro Soccer and other lower division teams can earn the opportunity to play top-level major league soccer teams in the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. The competition is a knockout cup competition contested by amateur and professional teams in the U.S. and often pits lower division teams against MLS sides in later rounds. No lower division team has won the competition since 1999, and none have reached the final since 2008. So, um, stay dreaming, I guess. Uh, are the USL League One franchises successful? This is an excellent question. Um, they essentially say, eh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. We've had very few closers. Um, uh, it will probably be fine. Whatever. Um, will the team actually be called Lexington Pro Soccer? This is the big question every once in a while. Start taking no. bets on what our name's going to be. Yeah, they're trying to figure out what the name's going to be. Okay. Lexington Pro Soccer will host multiple listening set listening sessions in the coming weeks and months to receive community feedback to craft the team's identity. We should convince them to call themselves the Lexington Legends. The Lexington Lamers. Shut the fuck up, Aaron. Jesus Christ. No, it's not as funny because no one knows about the podcast. <laughs> yeah, but they would. <laughs> in the greatest advertising score of the century um we we beat we beat out the tribally workers party to um name the local soccer team after our podcast um i like the lexington legends because what they just got they just got like uh what uh, something with the just with some the guy little league i don't know whatever really funny yeah. um whatever been taken out of the league um, where will the players come from? Players in USL League One come from a variety of backgrounds, including international players and placers who recently completed their college careers or were drafted into MLS clubs and have been sent to play in lower division for experience. Lexington Pro Soccer also hopes to rely on players who have progressed through the club's academy and youth teams. Stockley said one of his goals in the club to win championships with 65 to 70% homegrown players, both for its men's and women's teams. Well, we're going to have to get on it if we want 60 to 70%. Um, Folks, we're gonna have to get into football in a major way. Uh, I like so, the, the the press release they had for this. 
They had, they, had the, they had the mayor out there, and she was wearing. You mean the press conference? Yeah. Yeah. They, she was wearing. Because we just the, read the press release, am I right? Uh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yuck, 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 yuck. Um, we are, yeah, she was wearing the scarf. No, what? What is? It? Yeah, she's, you see her wearing the scarf, the blue? No. It's like a teal blue. It's the color they've got. What? What? What is it with these older women in politics and like? It's the football scarf. Is there, they're they're all wearing. A, they're wait, all wearing football yeah, scarf. Yeah, there's a football oh, scarf. What? You see okay. the article? You read the article? I didn't. I don't read the article with the images. I don't, uh, I, I pull the RSS feed from. Uh, let me let me show you this picture. Okay. Well, this is a this is a video. Well, oh, sorry, sorry. This is not a video podcast. What is this, man? Well, I'm just gonna show it to you. What the fuck? So you can see. Because this is a good picture of the mayor. Jesus. Uh, so they're all wearing. Where's the man? Okay, all right. They've got this oh, guy. Oh, you're starting to feel real smart now, huh? No, look, you? look. Where? Where's the photo, huh? There's See, a, scrolling desperately through it. Here's a photo of the scarf. Oh. And, then, and then the mayor was wearing it, the but it's in a different article. That. Oh, I see. She was wearing it. But the mayor was, okay. Yeah, she was wearing well, because it was in the whole thing. Is that, is they, that Preston Worley? Um, is that, he kind of, I mean, if not, he, I mean, he looks just fucked up as Preston Morley. I don't know. Okay, whatever. They don't, they don't say who's in this picture. It's just some guy. Okay. Two guys. All right, curious. Uh, it's strike alert. Lame, strike corner. <laughs> um, the Heaven Hill strike continues. Um, where, where, where lame could not, the picket line does. Um, so basically what's happening is, uh, you know, Heaven Hill has hired scabs and, um, uh, day one of the scabs working, they immediately like, like fuck up something. <laughs> they immediately like, crash a tractor or something Wicked inside. Yeah. Real fucking idiots. I'm not going to read this whole statement from, uh, Matt Aubrey, but the, um, a lot of the press that I've been reading on this, uh, has been actually just the, uh, UFCW has been putting out their own press releases on this stuff. And I've just been reading that off their website. Um, so they're still, I mean, heaven Hill is trying to give them the cold shoulder, but, um, look, John Deere is on, um, UAW striking against John Deere. Ayatsi. I can't remember what they're, I can't remember what's happened. I've been in a black hole. Um, I think, I think they're moving to a strike. I can't remember. I think they are. Yeah, they're they're either striking or they're they're either are striking or they're moving towards a strike. Whatever. All right, you guys, look, you look, you, you people that listen to podcasts, maybe do a little bit of your own research on IATSE, um, because they're the, one of the coolest unions out there. What can I say? Big fans of those guys. Know some IATSE people. Um, I'm skipping this next story. We got to talk about the most Lexington topic ever. And you may think horses, and I said <laughs> no, and I said no. It's the trees, guys. Listen, listen. This may be one of the few stories we we have covered that you have heard about. <laughs> Independently of anything, man, there is a war between the uh, the um, geriatric population, which is a majority of Lexington's population in the South, and Kentucky Utilities. The war on trees. The war on trees, right? So, <sighs> I don't. I'm going to save my analysis. This is going to be, I'm getting a lot, sending a lot of forward plant energy from this. Um, is what can I say? I'm going to read you some quotes from the article. It's a Linda, it's a, it's one of those Linda Blackford articles where she both is reporting on it, but it's also an opinion piece. It's very confusing. I've noticed more papers doing this and I'm, well, it's an op-ed. 
Yeah, but it's also like there's just also it's also the article on it. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah, it's they like there's they a lot didn't of do any other reporting on it. There's it's no not Beth Musgrave. Well, it's not just like it's not just an opinion. There's also like journalists. It's like they're the doing opinion, lame, but in writing. Opinion editorial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, whatever. I don't know what the fuck editorial means. I don't work. So whatever in, you want it to mean. Shut the fuck up here. I don't like God. I'm trying to fucking, fucking getting. Duh. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. On Wednesday morning, Philip Tree Experts, a contractor for KU, whisked 15 trees to on one property off Montevesta Road. Although the Arb, Arbor Arborvitae. V- Arborvitae were nowhere near the big transmission line overhead. They were 10 feet high and sat within a 50-foot bubble around the, tr- around the line. So according to KU rules, they had to go. Every single one. And much worse is coming. Nearly every single tree on Landside Drive, Landstone Drive median is scheduled for one massive clear cut because of that high voltage transmission line runs directly over the top of the drive. In, in the other direction, homeowners who back up to the Lansdowne Merrick Park will lose a huge swath of their old and new trees. As the same transmission line travels across the Lakeshore neighborhood, homeowners are furious and sad trying to figure out what to do next. Further towards Richmond Road, the transmission line travels near the old reservoir off Lakeshore Drive. Norborn Road slopes down to the lake, and every time it rains, the, there is the little valley where the backyards in Norborn and Manor meet turn into a river. Nonetheless, the homeowner, homeowner Catherine Graham, said, oh, nonetheless, said homeowner Catherine Graham, KU is supposed to come any time to cut down the ash and maple trees in the backyard. She and her husband even put in several small arborvitae against the fence to slow down the water. There are about three feet tall, and they're also scheduled to be taken out. Quote, the whole reservoir issue has major water issues, Graham said. People have planted trees to suck up the extra water, and we're concerned about what will happen once they're gone. God, blah, blah, blah. blah. And of course, you know, I mean, our uh, uh, Linda Blackford brings it up in the article, or of course, under that fucking um, uh, memorandum um, mandate from the uh, EPA to fix our uh, stormwater and uh, sewers, you know. Is that still happening? Yeah, it's still. We just finished Euclid got done, but there's still oh, other parts. Oh, of it. just just Euclid got done. <laughs> yeah, the whole city's fucked up. I mean, the whole city. I mean, listen, we are like, I mean, two idiot moves away mm. from like like Flint, Michigan, on steroids, oh and we won't because we there's there's money. The city has money to throw around, which is nice. Okay. But uh, I mean, we could easily, so easily, fuck this up. Um, I mean, you, you you know, you come out of all the all the turmoil that was uh, the the sewer project, and you say that was just Euclid. That was just Euclid. Well, I mean, that was the biggest project of it. But there's still whatever. The point is, is that people in this city care a lot about their trees because it's a city of homeowners, baby. And I mean, that's not necessarily true. I mean, it's a, a slight majority of the people in the city are homeowners but whatever i mean people the the it is a city of homeowners insofar as the homeowner associations are the people with the real um who really put the heat on city councilors right um and this is a um i'm not i'm gonna say my i'm gonna keep reading my notes so i went to the council work session today and i was kind of tuning in and out because i i had other work to do um, but the parts that I did pick up, right. Um, got a, got a, got a premium fucking quote from Richard Maloney, who is just get serving at every council meeting you're at. He said, quote, we're not Eastern Kentucky. We're not California. I don't want to be compared to Eastern Kentucky. I don't want to be compared to Western Kentucky. <laughs> what the fuck? 
<laughs> what, what he's the fuck is he trying to say? What I think he's trying to say. <laughs> I don't want to be compared to them. Um, what we are not Eastern Kentucky. What he, I think, what he's trying to say is that Lexington is a is an is an urban environment that is, you know, people live in every square foot of it, and you know, people pay attention to the stuff here, and you don't need to have such drastic, um, clear cutting policies with your transmission lines because you live in a high. You, they're they're constantly monitored. Unlike in Eastern Kentucky, where um, you know no one is a, a no one is there to watch the transmission lines or whatever, or no one lives right there or whatever, right? Um, and you know, uh, are they are they making a proper argument? Sure, but I'll keep reading. Um, uh, the highlight of this meeting was Susan Lamb losing losing her fucking mind. Oh my god! Man. Oh my god! This woman, holy shit! Talk about a, a like imagine, like holy shit! It's like she wasn't a council member. It's like she was, was giving public a public comment. comment. It was like that. I mean, it was a council work site. Everyone was there, but it was like she was giving a public comment because um, she was like, she's like, first they came for District Four, and no one, no one, you know, and uh, no one spoke out for me because they were not District Four. Or whatever she's like, but now that they're coming for District Five and all the rich people are there, blah 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 blah. You know, now everyone's here. Now everyone in District Five is throwing a bid thing, and they're you know, and finally we're getting all these things. I tried to make this happen. Um, here's some quotes, right? Um, uh, and I, I don't have an exact quote, but she did describe the tree removal in District Four as a rape and a massacre. Um, this and, simply cannot stand. Yes. Um, this is some. Uh, What's the uh, whatever? Um, so, Ku, the vibe that I'm getting, right? Because I didn't super pay attention. I was at work, folks. I was just trying to pay attention to the stream. Um, the vibe that I was getting was that Ku maybe was being a little dishonest with the city when they said that that we that we have to cut these trees. It's a federal mandate turns out this federal mandate was more of a federal suggestion right and ku is complaining because they're like oh but it's so it's so difficult to maintain all these lines it's so hard to it's so hard as a as the as having a monopoly on all the power in the state to to care for these transmission lines you all don't understand um you know uh Think of think of the tremors. Yeah. So there, KU insists that it's not that this is not a sustainable thing that they could do. Um, I disagree. Uh, I just wrote my notes, LMAO Baxter, because the camera just cut to her, and I was like, I can't believe this woman's on city council. Like, like truly, like what a ghoul and what a joke. Um, uh, once again, people that live in Stonewall can get fucked. Um, I do not trust you, cretins. Um, the people you put out are evil. Um, uh, do not interact. Um, I'm kidding. I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast and you live in Stonewall, you're probably fine. Um, Unless, but if you, you live in Stonewall, if you st- live in Stonewall and you listen to this podcast, you probably know what's up. You you get it. You understand it. You're not going to fight us on this position. Whatever. Um, 
I like how you called him, call him Cloyd. Every time I, every, I, I just look at him and I'm like, the Cloyb. I don't Cloyster. know. The Cloybster. Yeah, exactly. This fucking guy, man. Um, he said, a, he was saying a lot of shit, but a lot of it was sort of just like spilling off my mind and people were like talking to me, but I was like, guys, I'm trying to, trying to watch my boy, David Cloyber. Um, he made one point that I, one took note of and two could comprehend, right? Your methods will save you money, but the savings will not be passed on to the customer. And in fact, KU is, of course, asking for a fee increase, right? Um, so, like, now that I've laid out this case, right, let's get into the opinion, right? How do I start? How do I start this? How do I say this? There is obviously a clear issue, right, between these city between the people that live in the city the city or and well i mean let's say they're one and the same for a second right because it seems to be that everyone on city council really fucking hates the whole tree thing so let's just say there is an issue between a people and their government and um the larger state government and a private corporation right and um, it turns out maybe it's bad that you have no control over one, a, a critical infrastructure service that we li- that people will just die if it stops working, right? And two, just a, a private corporation that owns and maintains land that has that has no accountability, right? There is no unless this is the thing. There seems to be no solution for the city of Lexington that – did you just hear it? Yeah. They said 98.1, the bull. 98.1, on the, the bull. The bull. <sighs> Fuck this recording setup, man. I fucking hate it. I hate this whole thing. I hate hearing the fucking radio in the background <laughs> of my podcast. Fuck God, <laughs> holy shit! It's driving me insane. I'm trying. I'm trying to keep it together for you guys, but holy oh, fuck, yeah. this is killing me, man. Anyway, like there is no there is no real method of recourse that people on city council are seriously willing to entertain because it's a bunch of fucking libs. Like there is the, uh, it, you know. Go back to that one episode where we talked deep, where I promised we would talk deeper about neoliberalism. Like, I don't know. I mean, this is the the capital is so freed, right? That, well, we can't free it from space because it still has to provide electricity to certain locations, right? But we can meet it halfway and give it total free reign just over, like, you know, the space that it has to have to operate, right? And, it is a perfect oper- perfect little slice, right? It is something that people are like very broadly unhappy with. And like not even just like generally broadly, but like even in the media. I mean, there is a a true unity. I mean, rich and poor alike are upset with this thing, right? But there is truly no method of recourse that this government will be willing to take because the same very ideology that these people propose um, our proponents of forbids this sort of interaction because what you would need is um, a state, you know, is state ownership 
and some sort of method of real democratic control by the people over something like their electricity company. And the, the Lexington Energy Cooperative. Yeah, literally. That. The Lexington Energy Cooperative um, will run it. I don't know. I don't know if there's some sort of a state monopoly that KU was granted that would prevent us from operating. It's probably fine, right? Yeah. Um, who knows? We'll figure it out. What you know? What would happen? I don't know. Would it even be worth it for KU to bury the power lines? No. You imagine I, what a fucking nightmare that I don't be? think you should. I really don't think you should bury power lines either. This is like, like there's a lot of people that are, look, there's a lot of arguments made about like how pretty trees are or whatever. And I agree. Trees are great. Right. And, but there's our thing. I don't know. I think power lines should be in the air. It's easier to work on them that way. I am a pragmatist. I am. I understand that to live in a society where there's an outlet on every wall in every house, um, we have to take certain um, things like power lines in the air. And that's fine. And in fact, it's better than them in the ground because you can get to them, right? Um, you don't have to dig up your street to get to them. Look up, um, oh, fuck, what podcast was I listening to about it? Maybe it was a video. I don't know. There's that uh, transmission line in LA that runs underground and it is almost unrepairable. Um, really? It's really, it's insane what they have to do to make it. Cause it's like high, high voltage, whatever. I mean, it's really fucked up. Um, whatever. All I'm saying, Lexington nuclear energy cooperative now. Um, and, uh, yeah, basically that's like, look, cause here's the other thing, right? At the end of the day, what I can actually tell you, right, is that when you buy a property and there's an easement on that property, they the, the, the KU owns it. KU has certain rights to it. You can buy and sell the property. does not change whether or not K, KU has certain legal rights to that easement, right? And so there is nothing in your precious little law book that can protect you from KU cutting down your trees and you say, hey – that's fucked up. Surely there's something we can do about it. Don't we live in a free society? Um, I say, Oh, do you? Um, Oh, really? I tip my fedora. Um, all I'm saying is that like, (laughs) this is, it's a great learning opportunity. Um, let me say this. I don't think this is the last we'll be talking about the fucking tree thing. Um, KU, I think is a perfect, um, is just too good of an example of like one of like the things that maybe, if you had a real radical government, like in like just in the city council, in the current legal framework, you might be able to do something with. You might be able to, if you just did the votes, you said, no, fuck you. We have the votes. We're doing this. Like you need someone in government that is willing to actually, you know, uh, sort of a sort of a carpe diem on this show or a carpe energy company. Um, but whatever. Uh, I yield my time. Um, that's that's all I have to say. Um, I will see you in the in, in in the middle part. See you in the middle. Trying to find there was a good Joel Pet. Hang in the Aaron, Sunday paper. Aaron, I'm uh, the UKU. Aaron stuff. Is it a Aaron? Is it an image? Yeah. Aaron, stop showing well, I just me. Just want to show it to you. Stop showing me pictures on the podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's good, but. Can we? My readers got me thinking about a hellfire and damnation. All right, man. Yeah. You all are listening to the middle of lame Lexington aluminum Marxist experience. I'm Aaron. I'm Jenry. And we have social medias. Follow us on Twitter at lamepod. 
That's really our only social media. Uh, email us. Email us at lexlamepod at gmail.com. Go to our website. Lamepod.com. Or, no, the one that we update, actually. Oh, uh, Lamepod. Neo- we don't update the NeoCities. You said on the last episode you put stuff no, on I the I put Neo stuff Cities. on there. I put the I put the PDF on there. Well, we that's the real. Like, we don't have any control over the Lamepod.com. Lamepod, that's just whatever yeah. our podcast host has. <clears throat> Lamepod.neocities.org. Yeah, we'll... I'll start putting stuff on the new website. Yeah, man. Really going to start adding some shit. Oh, you all ever been on Marxist.org? Great fucking website. Yeah. Um, Good site. Folks, It's I've been gone for too long. I missed you all dearly. I love doing this. You know I do. Um, I'm doing... I'm working on a sort of special lame episode to sort of make it up to you. Oh, yeah. Because there's been one topic for the last mm, three months that I've looked at and every episode decided, no, I'm not going to talk about it on this episode. And that is, of course, the redistricting. Um, You're like, soon. I'm like, one of these fucking days you're going to get your comeuppance redistricting. Um, That the day of comeuppance is is coming uh, upon us. You've had your own little uh, agenda sheet that you've been building in secret. Yeah. It's now 50 pages long. Yeah, and uh, it's going to be you know a six a six hour. I've been Iran uh, contouring, but for journalism about redistricting, we're going to have a fifteen part episode of Lame about <laughs> redistricting. Yeah, we got the fucking it's a it's one of God yeah it's like those. I mean, you, you ever listen to uh, you ever listen to a subliminal jihad? No, those guys just put out like four episodes, four hour episodes like every week, like it's fucking nothing. And I'm like, shut the shut the fuck up. It's disgusting. It's disgusting, the work you do. How do you do it so quickly? It's am- I listened to like a five-hour podcast on like Shay Guevara the other day from them. Yeah. Um, they're fine. Or are they uh, Patreon guys? They got the Patreon? They have a Patreon, they yeah. They have a Patreon. But they don't do they, – they do like – they have a lot of public episodes, shockingly. Oh. Um, they, but whatever. Whatever. It's not like – Stay a, tuned for the lame Patreon. Shut the fuck up. Um, yeah, sure. Uh Email us, email us your uh, your your donations in Cuban pesos only. Um, uh, let's get into the side B then. Yeah, should we do it? Oh, yeah. You all are listening to the Lexington Illumina Marxist Experience. I'm Aaron, and I'm Jenry. You know we haven't done a proper side B in like a, a, a long time. Really? Yeah. What was the what was the Well, cuz last last episode was we didn't all side do it. A. I know, but what was before that? The previous episode we did the book club. Oh shit. And that wasn't re- I don't really count that That's because not, I was like That was nothing. Yeah. yeah, so I haven't really done a side B. Wow. You've been really taking it easy on this podcast. It's been great. I've been hanging and, out. And I've been in and yet I suffer even more. It's funny. It's The listeners love it. The listeners love watching me suffer. They sort of crowd around on street corners when they hear me mm. coming by and just watch me crawl so for all for all you side b heads out there yeah real side <laughs> b heads out there um i'm We've, sure they exist side b's a fun it's fun yeah we have fun around here mm. um we got we got some we got a lot of things coming up here on side b um the i guess the biggest thing well not really the biggest thing i don't know it's news um remember last or a couple episodes ago we we're talking about uh yarmouth john yarmouth of the of u.s congress yeah, fame and i said john yarmouth resign challenge and i didn't but i'm saying it now john yarmouth resign challenge well john yarmouth not seeking re-election challenge yeah um attica scott uh notable kentucky legislator did the brianna law this year which of course got uh steve stivers uh out there got mutilated in the senate um 
she's running for the house in Louisville. Um, so we we yeah. wish her well. Cory Booker explicitly said that he was not running for this seat. He's like, I'm still running against Rand Paul. I'm my bigger. Charles Booker. What did I say? Cory Booker. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Kill me. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. You want to hear something funny when I when I meet my mic? What? The, the, the ninety hit one point one. The bull goes away. Oh yeah. Oh, is this your mic? Well, your mic is something else. Oh, we have, I, we have two different feeds. Yeah, we just we discovered this today. Uh, the radio, radio interference is on two different. Um. So yeah, Attica Scott, of course, um, is running. Who knows what other uh, what libs are going to be put up by the Colin Cory Booker man? I'm just fucking. I'm what just, what do we have? Whoever. Someone just take me out easy, man. Uh, we're gonna put Jenry up in a in a pasture upstate. Yeah. A pasture, pasture in, uh, in Georgetown. Submit your Genry applications, lexlamepod at gmail.com. We'll take you out to the Kentucky Horse Park. Yeah, you can retire yeah. in peace. Yeah, great. Um, so, yeah, Attica Scott. Uh, you know, we were originally saying, what, it's John Yarmouth. You know, why is Attica Scott running if John Yarmouth is not uh, resigning? Because he's kind of like the chair of, like, the budget committee or something like that. Uh-huh. Um, well, here you go. This is why. Yeah. Um, the uh, if, uh, astute listeners of Elaine will remember in the General Assembly session earlier this year, there was a, a law that was passed and vetoed and then overturned by the General Assembly to do school choice. Um, and that was to basically use public dollars to fund private schools. Um, Republicans liked it. Democrats did not. And the Supreme Court of Kentucky has declared that law unconstitutional. The... Um, this is from the press release, quote, Today's ruling treats private donations as if they were government money, said Institute for Justice Anthony Joshua House. It holds that when private individuals donate their own money to education-related causes and receive tax credits for these donations, it is, in effect, the government raising and spending money on education. That is just wrong. McNary said in a statement that she was upset about the ruling. I don't know who McNary is in this case. <laughs> Somebody, just, just someone. Someone. <laughs> I I don't feel it's fair that kids are forced to go to schools that don't fit their needs. Uh, not all schools work for all children. Fuck you. Fuck you. Get hit by a fucking car. Send me to jail for this episode of Lame for wishing death upon these Actionable people. threat to me. Actionable. Fu- I hope you get actionable threaded. Um, whatever. I mean, go ahead. Just, I don't know. It's in, people, that are, people that are against public schools, embarrassing and also like, we i see through it i fucking see through it even if you don't um there was there was an op-ed which we're going to just skip yeah um, i'm te- not really interested in yeah that. whatever they're te- teaching the kids about cathode ray tubes i see yeah yeah um the biggest thing of course we're talking about this episode is why we're the aluminum experience today yeah um is the aluminum mill that you may have heard of i haven't oh well this is this call is me, uh, call me unaware. Well, we are all familiar with the new Ford deal that just happened. Oh yeah, ladies and gentlemen, one of the best yeah. episodes to date. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The new Ford deal that just happened with uh, you know Andy Bashir brought to light the aluminum mill deal that promised something very similar just a few years ago in 2017 with a different governor. You all yeah. may remember him, Matt Bevin. Matt fucking Bevin. Jesus Christ, what a Guy. This aluminum mill is run by Brady Industries. Let's start at the beginning, though. It's in 2017. Matt Bevan announces they're opening a new aluminum mill in 
get this, Northeastern Kentucky. You've heard Ashland. of Ashland? And Ashland. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, and so they're like, guys, we're opening a new aluminum mill. They're just giving away tax incentives to any company who wants them. They So the aluminum mill, they got $4 million in tax breaks. It's not. It's an aluminum mill. Plus fifteen. How much does plus a, fuck- a plus a fifteen million dollars? Like it's like here you go. Here's Guys, fifteen million dollars. How much does a fucking Bridgeport milling machine cost? Huh? I don't know. Like Jesus. <laughs> um. And uh, get this: the entire project cost one point six eight billion. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> so um, this is this is all being run by a company called Brady Industries. Brad, Brady. Brady Industries. Brady. Yeah. And you'll see why I'm doing that accent here in a second. A, oh, oh, so the spelling's not just fucked up, it's also weirder. Um it's okay, so this this whole company was is like brand new. They started it for this specific aluminum mill in oh, Ashland. Great. The goal was to close quote close the generational work gap and provide jobs to eastern Kentucky workers who can't mine. It closed the generational work gap. What the fuck, yeah. man? They're closing That's the generational stupid. work a- gap. They're disrupting mining. Um, so I mean, if you were looking at this in 2017, you would have noticed something fishy right off the bat because the headquarters was moving. They're they're moving the headquarters and they're moving where they're going to build this mill. Different counties all over the place, Jesus. like multiple multiple different times. October 2018. Here we go. SEC documents filed by Brady Industries last month showed the company still needs uh, 400 to $500 million of capital before it can begin construction. This is, of course, after the Kentucky General Assembly gave them a whole bunch of money. Yeah. Um, a Brady Industries spokesperson could not be reached for comment. Uh, yeah, <laughs> sorry, I can't speak. Um, it has already pre-sold its first seven years of production, she said, um, the, the people at Brady Industries, though according to the SEC filings, none of the potential buyers are contractually obligated to buy Brady's products. What the, then what's the, what is a so, pre-sell? Let's, yeah, so let's get the timeline here. Kentucky General Assembly is like, hey, we're going to get this aluminum mill. Here's a bunch of money, 2017. Yeah. October 2018, they still need $500 million, but they have the, pre, the pre-sales of the next seven years, but nobody actually has to buy the aluminum. But they're but but they're like, sure, man, I'll, I'll buy, yeah. I'll, I'll buy uh, some in 2024. Nothing happens until June 2019 when the Russians come in. They're right. The Finally, Russian. some Russian guys, some real guys that really know about some private enterprise, you know? Exactly. Um, this uh, this uh, article, uh, let me just read you the headline. Sanctioned Russian oligarchs company to invest millions in new aluminum plant in Mitch McConnell's state. God, man, they're obsessed with the fucking... Um, right, right, because this was, this was big Moscow Mitch time, mm-hmm. where people were really obsessed it. with... Um, the uh, connection between Mitch McConnell and the Russians. Yeah. Um, Rusal, the aluminum company partially owned by Russian oligarch Oleg Daripska, uh, announced plans to invest $200 million to build a new aluminum plant in Kentucky just months after the Trump administration removed it from the U.S. sanctions list. The nice. new aluminum plant slated to be built in the home state of Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell will be the biggest aluminum plant constructed in the U.S. in decades. Rusal will have a 40% stake in the facility. All right. Um, Seems very normal. Yes. Um, Rusal pledged... What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> uh, Rusal pledged $200 million, um, and uh, Brady Industries proposed $1.68 million was going to be the complete... Like They're going to need that much money to, to actually build this plant for some reason. Um, 
It was recently taken off the Treasury sanctions list despite assertions that it and a large stakeholder, the Alleg guy, are closely tied to Russian leader Vladimir Putin. Um, which, of course, you know, they're all going to say that all the oligarchs are tied to him. But anyway, the Democrats released a... Uh, the Democrats last month. This is, of course, last month being June 2019. Raised the national, national security concerns in a letter to Secretary Steve Mnuchin, writing that the proposed investment that Rusal's parent company, EN Plus Dash Dash... What the fuck, man? A company that is a majority-owned and a U.S.-Russian sanctioned national and Russian state bank in aluminum American mill raises serious questions about national security. They cited, quote, potential risks to the integrity of our defense and supply chain, noting Jesus. that the company has said it would supply the Department of Defense. It's like, what the... Then just seize it. Let them develop yeah. it, and EN then just seize dash it. Dash. Like... This whatever dumb okay all right all right snooze. so the Democrats are like oh they're the Russians this is remember, remember Russia Gate yeah, I was just talking about that area yeah the, well, the Moscow Mitch the Russia Gate all that stuff. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. A, a bunch of stuff that I don't think was ever proven resolved uh, discussed even oh they had that book the the Mueller report remember the Mueller report but that didn't really. I guess I the know. door's open. Whatever. I mean, uh, the door's open on it, folks. Whatever. That happened in June 2019. January but, 2020. Matt Bevan loses an election. Yeah, baby. Well, I mean, he loses the election in 2019, to be clear. Yes. Um, but then he's in, in January 2020. Andy Bashir. Soon to be called Govern Me Daddy. Andy, whatever his middle name is, Bashir. Andy, Andy son, Governor Bashir. Son of previous Governor Tycoon, Steve Bashir. Um, Steve or Andy Bashir releases the documents from uh, from like the the confidential Russian dealings. Oh, great! Everybody was like, "Really? You remember? Remember when? Remember the Bernie campaign in 2016 when they were trying to get Hillary to release the transcripts of the of the Goldman Sachs speeches? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah, kind of yeah. like I'm getting this kind of vibe. Getting big, release the transcripts vibe. Yeah, release the tra release the documents. Uh, Bashir, who defeated Bevin in last November's election for governor. Released documents Friday that included a letter of intent, a stock purchase agreement, a voting agreement, and an investor's rights agreement. They revealed the names of Brady's investors. <gasps> Got him. Got him. Kentucky invested $15 million two years ago in the project, which promised more than 500 jobs with good pay. Good pay. Define good pay. Good pay. It's a good paying job. It's... It might. It's like I, it's a level. It's old guy aphorism where he's like, "These jobs are good paying." Um, are they? Exactly. Earlier last year was announced that Rusal, the Russian aluminum company, I like that little uh, Rusal portmanteau. Yeah, it's great. I think it's good. Um, plan to invest two hundred million. A in lot the, better than USX. Yeah, that sucked. Uh, at two hundred million in the one point seven billion dollar project that hopes to open in two thousand twenty one. <laughs> Well, we're here. <laughs> a little uh, note from the future. No, that did not happen. Uh, Louisville's WDRB-TV reported in November that Bochard says he still needs to raise a few hundred million dollars Holy <laughs> before, shit, build before building the mill. What the fuck? So January 2020, this mill wasn't even built. Yeah. Jump forward to October 2020. <laughs> Can I read this quote? Yes. The cash drain on Brady Industries isn't sustainable. <laughs> the company said in the message dated the day before it announced its name change. What are they spending money on? I mean, it's just there's nothing there. <laughs> are you not supposed to be collecting it? <laughs> well, no, they're now Unity Aluminum. 
Oh, great. Unity. Mm-hmm. IWW aluminum. Exactly. The original <laughs> the original production was for the mill to be done in 2020. Brady co- Brady founder Craig Craig Bouchard Bouchard said in 2017 that in three years the mill would be arriving or would be producing 20 percent of the aluminum for the automotive industry in the U.S. It'll happen next year, guys. We'll just be doing it. It's currently producing zero percent. Getting some big. This battery plant will produce a bunch of shit. Yes. Although at least I'm pretty confident the battery plant's happening though. There have been many bumps. Including the board's move to fire fire Bouchard earlier this year. Fuck yeah, Jesus Christ! What a fucking nightmare, man. Jump forward to God. Se- what I would pay to be one of them. September 2021. Shh. Finally, some recent news. Yeah, last month. Four years later, Unity Aluminum has not started construction or even began production. Despite original projection for the mill to be complete in 2020 and producing sheet aluminum for the automotive industry as promised by the former CEO and founder, Craig Bouchard. It's aluminum, guys. How hard could it fucking be? Well, they haven't met their $1.6 billion, $1. billion goal. Jesus Christ. For construction man. and equipping the mill. Unity Aluminum has asked the Commonwealth seed ask commonwealth seed capital the entity within the cap the cabinet for economic development that made the investment for several extensions to reach the goal before they have to pay repay the money the <sighs> latest approved extension runs through the end of march all right well let me say this i think we should only allow major things like this to happen on the can it should just be a state enterprise exactly for, well it's this is what the Republicans are saying. If here. it's so critical that we need to be, if 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 it's so, if it's so simple, if you just need to get the money and it just prints money once it's set up. I mean, it's aluminum, right? And you need it. You need all those things or whatever. There's a clear demand for it. Why the fuck would you let the market sort it out? Because the market right now is fucking just a bunch of guys trying to scam each other at a board meeting for four years straight. Whatever. What are the fucking Republicans? What's their spin on this? Well, you all might remember Craig McDaniel, chair of the budget committee. Hell yeah, man. Um, What's up, Craig? He he says, quote, I believe this is one of the worst financial votes I have ever, ta- I have ever taken was this one. Jesus. I feel like two administrations. Idiot. Idiot. Now, Idiot. Now and multiple general assemblies have been played for fools and written down the road. <laughs> McDaniel asked Haney. Why, if Unity has raised $165 million, it doesn't just repay the $15 million to the state to avoid questioning from the committee. That's hilarious, man. <laughs> they, they defected, deflected. De- deflected the question, saying he could not answer because that decision was not up to him and the company must keep parts of its financing confidential. Uh, that's hilarious, man. He said Unity would love to have the state support and, quote, investors have made very clear that they also want to have Kentucky support. I would also, I will make it very clear now, I would love to have some support from the state of Kentucky too if we're just getting in line. The company um, also generated controversy by attempting to partner with the Russian aluminum company Rusal. Yeah, yeah. What do you remember from that? Which previously oh. faced sanctions and offered to invest $200 million in the aluminum mill. Can I read this next quote? Yeah. <laughs> Harvey said that Rusal is no longer a part of Unity's financing. Oh, we have no, uh, have, we do, we will not have any, uh, Russian ownership at all in Unity Aluminum. That is the financial <laughs> Unity does have an agreement with Rusal to supply aluminum slab, but Rusal will no longer have ownership, and there will be no other collaboration with the Russian government or Russian citizens. Jesus Christ, said, man. Said Bernardo Bolnes, Unity's raw materials manager. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Someone, can someone just start making aluminum? Can I go out and do it? I'll start it. Someone start give me a bunch it. of money. I'm sure I'll figure it out. 
Then there's another article written, um, and they start off with, <clears throat> it, was the, it was the first time we ever wrote a company a straight-out check. And then, after the last administration wrote the straight-out check, they separated. They separately entered another agreement where they let go all of the security interests that we had, and how how we how we could try to get that back, and that wasn't taken before the legislature. That's what Bashir said. I see. I see. So any sort of controlling stake that the state might have had in the company doesn't exist. He said, Brady, a startup operator. They gave fifteen million dollars to a startup. Startup, yeah, we're <laughs> we're a bit of a startup. <laughs> we're just doing this. Um, it's called aluminum. We're bringing AI to raw materials. Exactly. Um, he said Brady, a startup operation may have made it impossible for the state to even get back the land where if there is no project. Holy shit, man! You love it. At the bottom of every fucked up little scam, what's that at the bottom? I'm, this is me the sound of me cleaning my eyes like in a cartoon what's that down there zoom in on the binoculars land speculation what are you doing down here <laughs> he says quote there needs to be a deep dive into how the project came about said Bashir we're on it governor adding that he would support the project if I th- if we think there is any opportunity it might still succeed Jesus Christ this is all of course uh Pre- preambling the uh, Ford announcement. Yeah, yeah. Well, Daddy Andy's on a new, cool, cooler project with um, real established oligarchs. It's called like, Lithium. Like SK in Lithium. <laughs> um, yeah. You've, you may have heard of Aluminum. That's old. Old news. Yeah. Now we're on to Lithium. It's great. They put it in your brain. It does stuff. They don't know what it does, but fuck, man, right? Um, lithium it, ions. It goes in the batteries. It makes your car turn into a surprise birthday candle. Um, no one seems to be able to just do it normally. Um, it's great. A very normal company, um, Ford, with another very normal company, SK. Two very normal companies that have never done anything wrong and have no weird fascist stories to them. And I'm talking, you'd think I'm talking about Ford. You think, and that's true, but I'm really talking about SK, man. Um, whatever. Uh all I can say is that um, I don't know how to. I was trying to think of a funny transition into saying that it, it happened again. And on that note, it's happened again. You've wasted another perfectly good. What are we at? Hour. Hour listening to Lame. Just say it. Stop asking. I don't know. Maybe we're over. It kind of feels it's, like we're over. Uh, just, just say. You've wasted this. another perfectly good hour listening to Lame. All We'd right. Like to thank our esteemed executive producer and runner of the Twitter. Charlie Carey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you if when you when you DM us now, you have to go through our bouncers. At the exactly. Twitter yeah, yeah. That's yeah. right. Our, our stickers are by Claire Thompson from ClaireThompsonArt.com. You can catch us at LamePod on Twitter. Email us at LexLamePod at gmail.com. And even though Lame Industries takes out a two hundred million dollar loan from the state of Kentucky, and when they ask, they demand it back immediately whenever they hear us say it. This is lame. We, we did it.